Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker and Shanti Zinzi has been nominated for an Animal Game Changer Award. Several people from her community have reached out and said that she absolutely needs to be our next game changer. And I have the pleasure and honor of speaking with her this morning via Zoom. So thank you, Shanti, for joining me and congratulations on your nomination. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate that. I um, This has been a wonderful journey and I um, run a small practice or a small business in San Francisco. And what I offer to my clients, um, I think is potentially what it may be not looked at um, very much in modern uh, medicine or science, and that is a, a more natural or empathic and humane approach to healing on um, both ourselves, our pet, um, as well as um, developing an earth consciousness. I, um, and I'm a veterinary acupuncturist. I work at, I've worked at a few practices and I've, um, been a Chinese medical advisor as well at one of the practices. So there's a lot of subtle information that we're using that I consider um, treating the soul, treating the emotions, um, not just the chronic disease or issues that the animal's having. Um, I'd like to do, a, I have a pretty um, detailed intake. It's about 12 pages long. I often do a house call or do some, you know, during COVID, a lot of them. Um, remote uh, visits to the home. So I get to uh, really understand what's happening in the home with the other animals, um, how much exposure the animal has to nature and sunshine and all these things that we may not be thinking of um, in modern medicine, or maybe uh, that we don't have enough time to address. And all these plans are of course brought back to the uh, veterinarian. Um, and I do uh, a lot of humane hospice coaching as well as feline behavior. And I do um, a lot of consultations on the human wildlife interface and how to make, how to live in a, in a humane world and make humane choices that, that benefit our, not only our pets, but wildlife and things such as, um, you know, we really aren't thinking about is when do we trim back our trees? And I always advise, you know, winter when the tree is dormant because the baby animals and the fledglings are in their spring and summer and they can't get out. And we often sort of aren't aware of these little things that can make a dramatic difference for us. So um, that's um, so that's sort of in a nutshell, uh, some of what I offer, I use a lot of modalities. I make flower essences, which I really love, and the animals are very, very um, receptive to that. Um, we make them for humans as well. Their owners often ask me to uh, craft um, different formulas for them too. So that's that's really rewarding for me. So Shanti, back up and and um, and help our readers or listeners. 
it feels to me like probably this was just a very natural and organic evolution into you. What I just heard you say is when, when creatures get unplugged, you help plug them back in, in a way that resonates with their ability to do what's best for their body and their physiology, but also if they are in a family unit to help improve the resonance of the family unit, which probably you have done innately all along, but would you say that that your professional offerings with, within the animal community have come about just from you maybe treating your own animals and then treating your families, your extended family, and then treating your neighbors and then your neighbors, neighbors called. And pretty soon you had a network of people coming to you for help. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's how it was. And it was definitely a circuitous journey um, from, you know, volunteering at many different animal organizations from wildlife hospitals to animal shelters to employment at veterinary hospitals. And it was a circuitous journey of how to offer this um, without going to veterinary school. Um, but it definitely... Um, I, I saw what was, you know, things that we weren't quite paying attention to or addressing um, at maybe necessarily at the veterinary office and the, the amount of stress that the animal was under. So I think that um, I saw there was a need for that and there wasn't enough time um, in the appointment, say, for example, with the vet for, for that to be discussed, like things such as the toxic load or cumulative exposure to toxins. And yes, it's a per it's been a personal journey. It's been um, doing that with my pets and working a lot with shelters and rescues. And that actually is how my career unfolded. Um, so it was definitely an organic process. Yeah. And, and I, I think what you are providing is a critical component in that I, even an hour long appointment, which is what I schedule is not enough time to cover all that needs to be covered. But certainly those blessed veterinarians that work on a 15 minute time slot, there just isn't enough time. So having uh, healers that are capable of spending more time doing a deeper dive, especially with the emotional, mental aspects of well-being, the behavioral interactions with that, as well as, like you said, the environmental contaminant load, which is something that many veterinarians aren't necessarily trained astutely to contemplate and address. There's this really important piece that you are serving that I would deem as invaluable. And yet I have to just wonder, in the last 20 years, do you feel like finally veterinarians are beginning to recognize that there's this missing piece that needs to be put back in? And would you say that referrals from veterinarians, uh, your, that your working relationships with veterinarians in your area um, are becoming more of a conversation and, a, and, a, um, and an ability to have an ongoing conversation? Veterinarians aren't we, aren't, we don't graduate from veterinary school necessarily being attuned to the fact that we need additional healers uh, supporting what we're doing. But that's exactly what you're providing. How? What's the veterinary support in your area? You know, I, I think when I originally started, it was absolutely wonderful. There were a lot of cutting edge um, 
revolutionaries and pioneers like Pamela Bouchard and always referring to Jean Dodds. Um, so there was a lot of exposure to that. And I think over the past 20 years, there's definitely many uh, veterinarians that are offering house call, uh, which is wonderful. A lot of them are now offering acupuncture too. And I think there's an opening uh, to it, which I think is great. I mean, it's again, what they don't have the time to address is sort of where my niche is, but um, I think they welcome the information. They, um, they love to have it. And it's also a bit more of, you know, I serve to maybe have more of an intimate relationship with the person because there's more time, which obviously it translates to an intimate relationship with the animal as well. But I think there's a, it's wonderful, the explosion in holistic medicine. I think there's um, like Davis now has a, a holistic uh, branch which is fantastic. Yeah. But that, uh, and the annual meeting that's put on the um, uh, American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, I mean, I go to those uh, conferences and I'm just blown away by that information. I mean, those are really our trendsetters, our pioneers and our trailblazers. So it's, it's really wonderful to, um, to witness that and to see that happening. Good, good. And, and I, I am excited because I feel like within the integrative or holistic community, we're, of course, we're inclusive of all types of healers. And we, we openly recognize that the more healers that we can bring into the fold and communicate with, the better we're able to serve our animal kingdom. Conventional doctors, I have found, haven't always been necessarily open to other forms of healing. However, I do agree with you that I believe that we're seeing this shift occur and I don't know if it's because we have a, a younger generation of more open-minded veterinarians that are now coming about, or if our older doctors, as they age, have acquired more infinite worldly wisdom that have allowed them to open up their hearts and minds to be able to recognize that it's impossible for one doctor to do it all. And the more people we can include with as many modalities as they bring to the table, there is an animal in need of that modality. So that supportive role with additional healers is really invaluable to the animal kingdom. I'm so glad that you have experienced a welcome attitude and a welcome response from the veterinarians in your community. That's really important. Shanti, how, what would you say the animals that you're seeing, if you could break down emotional, mental, behavioral, energetic um, stuff versus physical stuff. And of course, two are intimately related, but would you say that you, would you say that you work on as many um, physical conditions as you do relationship things? I do. Um, I I think uh, sometimes people come to me when the conventional has um, not been able to find a road to help healing. You know, there's some cases, degenerative myelopathy, um, uh, you know, a basic, like obviously arthritis, but um, there's a, there's a way that often with, you know, the ancient paradigms of healing and medicine or Chinese medicine that we could see disease unfolding um, in patterns, express or symptoms. So I think that's really where the best avenue of alternative medicine or holistic medicine comes in before the chronic disease will um, really manifest itself, but it also serves well uh, supportively. Um, and I think, you know, it's a process of, of 
layers and, and meeting the animal where they're at and to peel that back in a very nurturing, empathic way that's very gentle um, while addressing you know, environmental and energetic behavioral. But I really love to fi always find out what the root of the issue is. Um, and I, I, I'm so excited, like you always are recommending titers, titers, titers. Um, I will look back in the history and find out like their medical history exactly, um, you know, what they've been through um, or what has actually been done. And I do believe that, you know, um, from the food that we're feeding them, to certain like certain medical procedures to the uh, air they're breathing in their homes, um, there, there's a lot contributing to that to the stress of you know living in a shelter for six months before they're adopted. There's a lot of post-traumatic stress and things that aren't resolved. Um, so I, I think it's pretty equal what I actually see as far as physical manifestation of disease and the very subtle energetics. Um, I love it when a person is very open to. Um, they want optimal care for their pet before, um, you know, like an optimal plan for, for uh, their life before actually a chronic disease can manifest. Because as it stands now, I'm, I'm hearing one out of every two pets will be diagnosed with cancer, which is pretty astounding. It is. Uh, it is. And, it, and I couldn't agree with you more that it is our, my goal, uh, which is also your goal, is to bring enough awareness that we that we can impact well-being before disease occurs, raise the animal's vibration and potentially make their bodies more resilient so that degeneration doesn't have to occur. But just getting that mind shift in the guardian to be able to recognize you're, an, you're the empowered uh, leader that's going to carry out this uh, proactive wellness plan and you're fully capable of doing it, uh, just getting mom or dad or caretaker in that mindset is, is part of the honor I have in terms of helping pet parents fulfill their role as the very best guardian that they can be. It's exactly what you're doing. And I think that just getting that mind shift to occur is step number one. Once people realize I am fully capable, I can gain enough knowledge to make excellent decisions and be tuned into my animal enough to know what I need to be doing before I, I can see potential roadblocks coming and I'm going to do what I can to minimize the likelihood that those roadblocks will evolve into any disease causing potential. I'm going to minimize that. We have absolutely done our jobs when our clients begin thinking that way. And I think the more people having conversations about that, the more people say, that's exactly what I want to do. And that's exactly how we shift from a disease mindset to a wellness mindset, which is probably the foundation of why you do what you do. So I have to ask, I'm sure you love everything about your day to day job, but if you, if you summarize what, if you could summarize what you, what gets you up in the morning and makes your heart sing, uh, what would it be? That's beautiful. Um, it, to what makes my heart sing is the intimacy of the process of the healing. And that is both with the client and the animal and holding and facilitating that space for that to occur, whether it's um, holding the space for what I consider a sacred and reverent hospice, which becomes a very intimate relationship of the caretaker and their pet um, I love being a part of that and um, holding the space for that. And I just, um, 
I love when the animals respond. I mean, it's they are very receptive to these um, alternate methods of healing. That, of course, is my favorite when an animal comes to me ill or not well. And, you know, over some with some time and some patience, they heal. Yeah, for sure. And so with all the magnificent things that you are doing and um, all the all the people and the animals, those relationships that you are supporting and fostering, if you could share one thing with the world, what would it be? Guilty? One thing, gosh, there's so many. Um, I think at this time, especially, you know, the, we're in a global critical space. I think we really need to return to more of a heart-centered, um, earth-conscious space that is sustainable for ourselves and our pets. Um, we need to really um, hold uh, the concept in our mind of being a steward to our pets and the earth and ourselves, and that will all unfold together. That will have a domino effect um, to come from a place of love and to acknowledge subtlety um, I, it's something that I, I would like to bring forward. I mean, there's so many things that I would love people to know. Um, you know, I, I think like, for example, most behavioral issues stem from animals uh, not being understood or their needs not being met um, uh, to like stress as a driver of chronic disease that we're, we think about in human medicine, but we're not necessarily thinking about in um, animal medicine. But if we just open up our subtle awareness, um, we could start connecting the dots for a more embodied life that's more sustainable that also not only our self and animals and pets can benefit, but uh, um, earth consciousness or um, our, our, um, our earth and planet can also benefit from. Yeah, that's, I think that that's a beautiful goal in your desire to help connect all the dots and the fact that we are, we are, we have a role in sustaining and supporting the very soil and ground that we stand on in that our connectedness to it means our, our, our ability to can, to continue nurturing this ongoing relationship we have. And, and a part of that is awareness and a part of, a part of that awareness comes about through good conversations and you role model in, in being a light to those people around you, which is exactly what you're doing. There are lots of people that are going to hear this and think, I need that. I need that person in my life. Uh, do you, are, do you do remote consults, Shanti? Do you work with people via zoom or? I do. Yes. Um, before COVID, I was doing quite a bit of house calls for my behavioral aspect. Um, and now I'm doing a lot of remote and they can reach me at the nature of the beast.org or the advocate.org or my websites. Um, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I love this opportunity to be able to learn more about uh, what you're doing and how you are supporting all of the earth's creatures uh, by helping pet parents, uh, owner stewards, people who are interested in addressing their animals' needs in a way that is respectful, resonates with them, and above all, fosters better communication and ultimately healing because of a better understanding of what's going on. So I appreciate your role in that circle. And congratulations again on your Game Changer Award. 
Yeah, I'm so grateful. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's really been wonderful to meet and connect with you. I just am so grateful for your work and your beacon in the world here for humans and pets. So it's really an honor to, to meet you. Thank you. Thank you.